Worship at Home Sunday the 12th of November 2023 Remembrance Sunday Bible reading for today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 to 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The European continent was at peace on the morning of Sunday the 28th of June 1914 when Archduke Franz Ferdinand and his wife Sophie Kocek arrived at Sarajevo railway station. 37 days later it was at war. The conflict that began that summer mobilised 65 million troops, claimed three empires 20 million military and civilian deaths and 21 million wounded. The horrors of Europe's 20th century were born of this catastrophe. It was, as the American historian Fritz Stern put it, the calamity from which all other calamities sprang. The debate about why it happened began before the first shots were fired and has been running ever since. But if the debate is old, The subject is still fresh. In fact, it is fresher and more relevant now than we might wish. It began with a squad of suicide bombers and a cavalcade of automobiles. Behind the outrage at Sarajevo was an avowedly terrorist organisation with a cult of sacrifice, death and revenge. But this organisation was extraterritorial, without a clear geographical or political location. It was scattered in cells across political borders. It was unaccountable. That description is taken from Christopher Clarke's authoritative work, The Sleepwalkers, How Europe Went to War in 1914, which was published in 2012. Ben Judah, in the Sunday Times just last week, suggested that the fear stalking the Middle East region 
is that a 1914 moment could be at hand now. We pray not. In the service I am leading today on Remembrance Sunday, it is uh, it's split into three parts, to lament, accept and hope. And first of all, this element of lament uh, is perhaps expressed in some of these reasons that we recognise with hindsight or in time now that have brought us to war in Europe and the Middle East. It's a problem that sometimes churches are so keen to share the hope they hold in Christ and in God's promises that they fail to remember to lament and it's a witness that is needed in our world. Lamenting might be described in Christian terms as prayer expressing sorrow, pain or confusion. It is not just a prayer for ourselves and our own state or need to confess, but a prayer for the state of the world of which we are a part and in which we are necessarily complicit. Lamenting is not really a popular faith practice, but today, on Remembrance Sunday of all days, we should be reminded of this need to lament. It is a chief way in which we process our grief in God's presence, and this year we do have so much to process. With war in Europe, war in the Middle East, the spectre of terrorism, of anti-Semitism, polarised leadership and abuses of power seen the world over. There is a great deal to process in grief. There is a great deal to bring before God. We lament. The next stage is in accepting. It's only after naming and lamenting all that all which we grieve that we can move on to a place of acceptance. Not acceptance that the state of things is inevitable or okay. An acceptance of simply where we are and that we have a purpose. In our gospel reading, we heard the retelling of Jesus' king, uh, Jesus' teaching about the kingdom of God. Right at the beginning of the parable of the ten bridesmaids, Jesus tells us that five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The reason he tells us this from the outset is that we cannot tell just by looking at them. All ten have come to the wedding. All ten have their lamps aglow with expectation. All ten, presumably, have one of their have have on their bridesmaids' gowns. We would never guess, from appearance, that half are wise, and half are foolish. So no, it's not the looks, the lamps, or the long dresses that sets the wise apart from the foolish. It's the readiness. Five of the bridesmaids are ready for the groom to be delayed. The other five are not. The wise have enough oil for the wedding to start whenever the groom arrives. The foolish have only enough for their own timetable. Five are prepared and ready, even for a delay. Five are not. Readiness in this context represents, of course, living a life of awareness of God's kingdom. 
Many people can do this for a short time. But when the kingdom is delayed, the problems arise. Being a peacemaker for a day is not as demanding as being a peacemaker year after year when hostility breaks out again and again and the bridegroom is delayed. Being merciful for an evening can be pleasant. Being merciful for a lifetime when the bridegroom is delayed requires preparedness and tenacity. At the beginning of a life of faith, you cannot really tell the followers of Jesus apart. They all have lamps. They are all excited about the wedding. They all know how to sing. But deep into the night, when we stop, when we spot some persons attempting in vain to fan a dying flame to life, we begin to distinguish wisdom from foolishness. It would be wrong to suppose that this life of faith is easy, but we remain ready, peacemakers, merciful, patient and faithful, while the bridegroom is delayed. And that begins with accepting where we are and that we have a purpose. This brings us on to, after lamenting, accepting, a message of hope. In places where lines are drawn, literally or figuratively, there is the no man's land. Between the trenches, between enemies, a place of risk, of fear, of death. But we have to stop and remember there is no place that God is not. No man's land is still a place that is God's land. That is a sign of hope. Christians are a people of hope. We are hopeful. Another reading that happens today that I will put up um, on the Facebook group if you're a part of it, or otherwise you might want to look it up for yourself, it's from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 13 to the end. And in the reading, we hear Paul's words to the Thessalonians on how they might deal with the loss of loved ones in their community. He says to them that they should grieve for those who have died, but not like those who have no hope. It's a reminder that as Christians, we always have hope. However, desperate it feels at times in the world. This is not a naive hope but a very real one that comes through the knowledge of Jesus Christ because the resurrection of Christ after death has shown us, proved to us, the promises of God are real. Promises for a life after death. Promises, um, promises that the world will be made new when God's kingdom is fully realised. This promise, as Paul describes it, is simply that we will be with the Lord forever in God's kingdom, where there is no death, no suffering, no agony, no war, when we choose to be with this, the Lord in this life. Paul wrote these words nearly 2,000 years ago, and yet, they remain as true for us today as they were for the original readers of his letter. 
Paul wants us to know about the hope we can have in God. So in a world that feels hopeless, we remember that we can be hopeful. We can choose to have this real hope and comfort when we choose to come and know Jesus Christ and walk with him in our lives. God's message through the words of Christ and the teaching of Paul is a message of hope that does not deny the reality of suffering in this life. It is a message to be open to the wounds of the world. Mourn humanity's mourning, weep over humanity's weeping and be in agony over humanity's agony but to do so in the good cheer that the day of peace is coming, when we will be with the Lord forever. And now, this is not a passive time of waiting. It is an active time of service in the Lord, when we learn to pattern our lives according to this cycle of lament, accept and hope. Amen. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, your Son turned expectations upside down by offering the kingdom to the poor and persecuted. Give your church faith to trust in you, not in riches or trappings of power. Strengthen all who suffer for following you and strengthen your church to be a witness of the hope that we have in you, lamenting that which we grieve accepting what is and that we have a purpose in order that we can bring real hope to others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Blessed Lord, you called peacemakers your children and honoured those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Bring in your justice and equity. Guide all in political office to walk in your mercy and truth. As we have held and continue to hold in our minds all those who gave their lives in service and lost their lives in war. As we hold before you those affected in places of war today, especially in the Middle East and in Ukraine. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Blessed Lord, you show yourself to the pure in heart. Give us contrite hearts for all that blurs our vision of you. Forgive us the sins that separate us from one another and from you, praying that we will be good witnesses in our community and learn always to love our neighbour. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Blessed Lord, we will bless you at all times. Give us voice to praise you in darkness and light. Revive us, O Lord, and make us whole. Comfort all who mourn and give cause for rejoicing. Be with all whose hearts ache with grief. Salvation, Lord, belongs to you. Wipe every tear from our eyes, we pray. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And the Collect for Remembrance Sunday. Almighty Father, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of all, govern the hearts and minds of those in authority and bring the families of the nations, divided and torn apart by the ravages of sin, to be subject to his just and gentle rule, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Worship at Home. If you would like to receive links to my podcast weekly, you can get in touch through Spotify for Podcasters website or directly at revlucylun at gmail.com. Goodbye.